Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. And we're into extra time. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a weekly podcast from RNZ Sport. I'm Barry Guy. This week, Team New Zealand moves on to the next round of the America's Cup. The British and Irish Lions try to turn around their tour, while the All Blacks name their squad to take them on, and the Wellington Phoenix start a new era. After a week of a few wobbles and tipping over, Team New Zealand appears to be back on track in the America's Cup. The New Zealanders beat Great Britain 5-2 in their Challenger semi-final series. One of those losses was when the catamaran capsized. There appears to be plenty of speed in the boat, although they did suffer losses to holders oracles earlier in the regatta. Today, New Zealanders managed two wins from their three races to eliminate Great Britain. Skipper Glenn Ashby had mixed feelings about their efforts. I feel a little bit disappointed um, in the way you know that we sort of uh, got the boat around the track a couple of times. We um, you know, definitely could have, could have made our life a lot easier there, but um, to come away... Uh, you know, with two points out of the day, that was our goal. And, um, yeah, to come away, uh, you know, the BAR guys, I think, sailed a, a much better day than we did today. Um, they, their boat handling and I think their, their picking of the shifts, particularly sort of in, in two out of the three races, I think was very good. So they were, they were very tough opponents and, um, you know, we're just fortunate that we were able to make it through um, with our package that we do have. Um, you know, I think it's a great package and it was certainly, a, a, I think, you know, the win today was really the win for the short team. They 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 did a, a stellar job the last uh, 48 hours from really um, you know having the boat in pieces um, you know 48 hours ago to actually being back on the water and be able to go out there and sheet it on and sail the boat hard today um, it was an absolute you know a fantastic effort for those guys. So absolutely hats off to them. You know we've got a, a great team and um, we back each other up and I'm glad to sort of tick that next box on the way through to uh, be able to have a chance at racing in the Louis Vuitton final over the next few days. There was a few little bits and pieces that were changing, but the um, the daggerboard issue we had in the first race wasn't um, you know wasn't wasn't uh, anything to do with the capsize the other day. Um, we had a little bit of water in the in the leeward cockpit, and um, yeah, something sort of fell off and pressed one of the buttons, uh, which actually pulled the daggerboard up right at the wrong time in the pre-start. So if everyone's wondering what, you know why our daggerboard was coming up while we're trying to get going, it's um, there's a little bit of water in the uh, in the leeward cockpit, which was a, a bit of a shame for us. So, um, but yeah, the second race we we, we didn't sail that well, and uh, you know the third race we we sailed very well so um, a bit of a mixed bag and a bit of a roller coaster ride for us today but um, at the end of the day you've got a string you know that's, that's the best out of nine and um, you know we, we've managed to get to five five wins so um, managed to advance to that next round which is, has been the goal from day one. Oh, you made it a bit more stressful on yourself. Your heart rate monitor was showing as one of the lowest sailors on board. Cool <laughs> cucumber. <laughs> yeah, no, I've sort of just got to stay, stay cool and, and collected and just focus on, on making sure the boat's going. No matter which way it's going, I've got to make sure it's going there fast. So, um, yeah, no, we're, the boys, uh, the boys you know, put in a huge effort today. Um, Carlo, 
Houseman, um, you know, one of our cyclists today, you know, did sort of the warm-up this morning, two races, and then we went out and did some training afterwards. So he's certainly, um, it's probably the, the equivalent of riding from Auckland to the Coromandel, I think, today, um, from what he's actually done with his legs. So um, fantastic for the boys to be able to have a bit of a spell tomorrow. We'll regroup, a lot of debriefing to, to go through with our boat handling, um, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get, we'll get onto that over the next couple of days and look forward to having a little bit of a sleep in, hopefully tomorrow morning. There was some work going on with the dagger board before and after the shakedown this morning. Was that related to what happened in race one? Uh, no, we were just having a, just doing a little bit of an adjustment on one of the hydraulic systems uh, in between our tuning this morning. Um, it was just we we're doing our due diligence really to get out this morning and uh, just make sure all the systems were back 100% working again. And there was just one little adjustment that we wanted to make on that uh, on that uh, port side uh, with the daggerboard rake system. And um, yeah, the boat worked very very well after that. So um, you know we had to go out and make sure everything was right. That was we came out this afternoon and um, had a fantastic package. So um, from my perspective, very very pleased. That's Team New Zealand skipper Glenn Aspie talking to the media in Bermuda. And this is Extra Time. The Lions are a week into their much-anticipated tour of New Zealand and it probably hasn't started as well as they would have liked. A limp win over the Provincial Barbarians was followed by a loss to the Blues, the weakest New Zealand super rugby side. They now face the top super rugby sides and the New Zealand Maori before the first test. Our rugby reporter is Joe Porter. And Joe, how would you rate the tourists so far? It's been a pretty tepid start, really. Obviously, their first game was completely uninspiring, scraping past the Provincial Barbarians 13-7. They looked lead and footed and had no composure. They had no options on attack, and they were kicking for goals and penalties, rather, instead of going for tries. It was bizarre. And against the Blues, a marked improvement in their performance, and they did look like a more cohesive unit, and hopefully they'll continue to improve. But they couldn't seal the deal with the Blues scoring a great try in the last few minutes to take the result. And now they're obviously one loss down in what could be a long tour. They face the table-topping, super rugby table-topping Crusaders on the weekend who are, of course, unbeaten. And we have six All Blacks in their side or there or thereabouts. And, I mean, the British and Irish Lions, if they're not absolutely on top of their game, they'll cop a hiding on Saturday night in Christchurch. And I know Gatlin doesn't care so much about the results of these first few games as he tries to settle on its lineup for the test match, first test against the All Blacks in Auckland. However, a big loss to the Crusaders and what looks like the Lions strong against what looks like the Lions' strongest team this weekend could really dent their confidence heading into that test series against the All Blacks. So, it's too early to get any impression of perhaps how they want to play the game. Well, there's been talk of Warren Ball already, and Gatlin's been prickly at those sorts of suggestions. Generally not coming from the New Zealand media, I must add. Usually coming from the travelling British media, so we'll just get that one clear. Um, But he looks to play a slightly more expansive game. There may be some more innovation on attack, but not much of it's become evident so far, and you'll hope to see some more in the next few games. Otherwise, you imagine... They might just try and strangle the All Blacks in the first test and kick a few goals and hope for a win, and that's not very inspiring rugby. So I hope it doesn't come down to that. So perhaps should we be looking to perhaps the uh, the New Zealand Māori game as where they might put their best side out, and that would give us a good sign of what we might expect for the uh, test series? Probably. That's a week before the first test in Auckland, their last game before that, and it's also the day after the All Blacks play Samoa, so it's likely to be the time where Gatlin does pick his first choice starting 15 or first choice match day 23. 
And again, the New Zealand Māori side hasn't, but I think it was six former All Blacks did we see yesterday, as well as a couple of young, exciting debutants and some very, very good players at Super Rugby level. So, yeah, it will be a real litmus test for them. You'd imagine it would be their strongest side. They will have had several games to get together, and you'd imagine they would try and produce a performance that they can replicate against the All Blacks. So you'd hope for them it would be near pitch perfect. But again, it's a strong uh, Māori side, and in Rotorua, these Lions could find themselves tamed, castrated kittens. Uh, it's a great tour, though, and, um, you know, the travelling fans, uh, the red all around the, you know, well, the northern part of the country so far on this tour heading uh, south now, you know, they're going to drink the place dry anyway. Yeah, I was I was wondering if they um, get beaten, they might drink more, but I don't know if that's going to be, you know, the situation. They'll they'll do it anyway. But, um, you know, the I suppose for the sake of the tour, it would be good if, um, you know, I suppose there, there was some sort of parity in some way. Yeah, that's right. It would be magnificent if the Lions, with what looks like their strongest 15 or one of their most potent anyway, could get up over the Crusaders this weekend, the unbeaten Crusaders. That would send a message to New Zealand rugby fans that this Lions team is really here to play and may in fact be able to challenge the All Blacks on New Zealand soil for the first time since 1971. It would be fantastic if the Lions could get up and win that first test at the All Blacks Fortress Eden Park to really set the series alight. Otherwise I fear if they lose that first one, I think that might be their best shot, then it could be a long tour for the Lions. But yes, you're absolutely right. Beating the Crusaders and the Māori would be fantastic. It would really bring a lot more um, interest into the series and would whet the appetite. Thanks to Joe Porter. Well, the All Blacks coach Steve Hansen named his squad to take on the Lions this week. He included all those players that have been in doubt because of injury, but says hooker Dane Coles may not actually play as they continue to monitor his concussion. The three Barrett brothers, Geordie, Scott and Bowden, are there. The first time a sibling trio has been named in the same All Black squad. While Geordie and his Hurricanes teammate Nani Laumapi are the newcomers to All Black rugby. Checkpoints John Campbell spoke to Hanson straight after the squad was named. That's, uh, that's an exciting squad, isn't it? It is. It's, um, it's one that we've spent a lot of time uh, thinking about and discussing and uh, you know, some of the discussions have been reasonably robust but you want that because at the end of the day that's our responsibility is to pick the best team to represent the country and I think we've done that. Where was the robustness? Uh, right across the board really. You know, There's a couple of... Um, Discussions we had to go through in the midfield because there's so many uh, people putting their hand up and loose forwards. Do we take uh, an extra loose forward or or do we take an extra back? So the squad sizes, um, you know, it's nothing unusual for us to have robust discussions. We encourage it amongst ourselves because that's where we work out, you know, what's right and what's wrong. Uh, Nani Lamapi, that's an exciting story, isn't it? This is a kid who's really come from nowhere, although everyone who watches Super Rugby's noticed him this season. And you were asked, it simply was a form selection, wasn't it? Full stop. Yeah, well, he's just been outstanding, hasn't he? And, uh, you know, he, when you say he's come from nowhere, he, he, he represented New Zealand's secondary schools in 2011 and you know, had a really good schoolboy career. He went away and then played league and was reasonably successful there so uh, having decided to come back he's, he's taken 24 months to, to show his form he's, he's you know if he's not the leading line breaker as I said he, he's very close he's definitely the leading try scorer and, um, and he's exhibiting a, a whole range of skills that uh, we think will fit into test rugby. It's a lovely mixture of the squad of the youngsters who, uh, and looking at Rico before with his eyes popping with wonder as he was wandering around the room, and really great senior players. And that's a good environment for the youngsters to be in, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, the senior guy's responsibility is to, to live the standards uh, from the top down and along with the management and myself. And, and the young guy's responsibility is to lead themselves and bring all the enthusiasm that they possibly can. And, you know, they do, that mix works well for us. Everyone in this room seems happy. And I was looking at the Lions at Eden Park last night and thinking they looked thoroughly miserable. What kind of pressure are they under? Well, they're under a lot of pressure, uh, you know, because there's an expectation they've got to win, and um, you know, that brings its own uh, form of pressure that probably they haven't had before. Um, you know, touring teams are expected to win those uh, midweek games and, and the Saturday ones and the test matches. So, um, you know, it's something that's maybe new to them, and uh, they'll work their way through it. Like, it's early doors for them. That, uh, you know, Gats has said he wants to play everybody, and he's done that. Uh, well, he will have done it by Saturday, and then he'll be able to start playing his top side and get some combinations going. It's you know it's a hard thing to do to bring five franchises together, let alone bringing four countries that really don't like each other that much uh, together. So, you know, th- what we're seeing today is not what we're going to get come uh, first test. How do you break? the angst when you're in a team environment on tour where things aren't going as you hope? What do you do and say as a coach to get the chemistry right? Oh, look, you just got to look at the inconvenient facts and uh, keep everything real and keep it honest and uh, make sure you're having a bit of fun. You're having fun, aren't you? Yeah, I'm loving it. It's great. Steve Hansen talking to John Campbell there. So it's the first time three siblings have all been named in the same All Black squad with the Taranaki brothers Bowden, Scott and Geordie Barrett named. Deputy Principal of New Plymouth's Francis Douglas Memorial College, Tim Stuck, can take some pride in this event. He's coached all three. He told Morning Report's Guy Espiner the Barretts are top young men and it's wonderful they've all made the team. Yeah, it's a great, uh, great achievement for... But not only, obviously, Francis Douglas, uh, but uh, the coast and the Taranaki people. Uh, outstanding achievement to have uh, uh, three brothers in the All Blacks from a pretty small school. It's pretty incredible, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's a wonderful achievement. Uh, good people doing good things, I guess. Um, top young men uh, who happen to be extraordinarily gifted at uh, at rugby, and um, they've certainly uh, reached the, uh, the pinnacle with uh, being all chosen the in the All Blacks, that's for sure. And now you'll sit back and take all the credit, of course. Oh, absolutely not. No, <laughs> um, I'm, there's, a, there's a number of uh, contributors uh, and significant people I suspect along the way, but we, we hope we've given them a bit of a grounding at uh, Francis Douglas Memorial College and and then uh, I'm sure other people have uh, contributed, that's for sure. There'll be a long line of people uh, lining up to take credit. But hey, seriously, though, what, what has been your involvement with, with these guys when they were, when they were boys? Yeah, well, they, they obviously were um, from down around the coast and then came to uh, boarding school at Francis Douglas. And, and uh, as, as young kids do, um, rugby is a big part of uh, what they get up to. And, and um, yeah, I, I, I had them as... Uh, it's first 15 players for a number of years. I think uh, 2009 when I started with Bowden and then uh, Scott, uh, Blake and Geordie. Um, so, um, yeah, they've certainly uh, been a part of the first 15s for a number of years. And pretty special at that time. Did you mark them out? Did they, uh, you know, were you thinking that these guys could be something pretty special? 
Yeah, I think there's, there's a number of players at that level. It's sort of hard crystal ball sort of stuff, but certainly, uh, I mean, Bowden was uh, phenomenally gifted uh, first five. He scored a heck of a lot of tries, and, and um, then you had Scotty Barrett, who obviously was an outstanding forward, who had the ability to kick uh, kick goals and his skill set to match, and, and then along came uh, Geordie, and, and he sort of probably had copied everything that Scott and Kane and Blake and Bodie had uh, had achieved and, and managed to roll them into one, and he was certainly uh, a player of uh, to watch out for as well. So yeah, um, they certainly uh, had attributes that we thought would uh, allow them to, to 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 reach a very good standard. Yeah, and this is all in uh, Pongadehu district, pretty small little coastal community. There really is there something in the milk there. There must be because not only um, is there the Barretts, but yeah, the, the Crowleys as well. There's a significant amount of uh, kids who have done extremely well, not just in, in rugby but other sports uh, also. So, uh, yeah, wonderful little community. Something's going on down there. I need to need to tap into it a little bit more, I suspect. And you're going to have some fun watching these guys um, over well over the weeks and years, really, eh? Oh, absolutely. I think um, it, it's great. Uh, it's great for the college. It's great for people of Taranaki and, and certainly when you have uh, have your own in those teams it makes it even a little bit more special when you're watching uh, test match etc. The Deputy Principal of Francis Douglas Memorial College in New Plymouth, Tim Stuck. And this is extra time. The Wellington Phoenix chairman Rob Morrison amidst the A-League football side hadn't made the progress they would have liked in recent years but they believe they can achieve that with their new coaches. Dutchman Daria Kalisic takes over as coach and Australian Rado Vidisic will be his assistant. Last season, Des Buckingham and Chris Greenacre stepped up from the assistant's job of the A-League club after coach Ernie Merrick resigned in December. The Phoenix have made the playoff just once in the last five seasons. Kalisic has had eight years coaching in the Netherlands, while Vidisic has assisted in three A-League titles in the last ten years. Morrison told me that Kalisic is someone they've been impressed with for quite a while. We've been in touch with him for a number of years now. We've, we've followed his career. And one of the things that stood out was that he performed in one of the top leagues in Europe with a lower budget team. And one of the issues, of course, for the Phoenix is that we are a sort of a mid-table budget team. We're always going to be up against the, the heavyweights. And we wanted someone who was, uh, could take what we have to offer and turn that into something better. And we looked at the way that the professionalism that he brings, the, the work ethic and the work ethic that he demands of the, of the players. And and we really felt that had been lacking here in the last year or two. So uh, we wanted someone who could take the, the foundations and turn them into something better. Um, so with Dario, we think we've got that. With Rado, it's about the combination. And you know, the assistant coach is critically, critically important. I still think with the Hurricanes, one of the, one of the very best moves they made, uh, Chris Boyd is a, is a wonderful coach, but one of the very best moves they made was to get John Plumtree in there. And that combination, you know, two plus two equals equals about six. Uh, oh, sorry, one plus one equals about six. Is that uh, we, we feel the same with Rado. Brings enormous experience, a winning culture experience, three premierships, uh, two with Brisbane, one with Victory. Um, that's an uh, enormous experience, um, but also credibility as well. So we think the combination is, is ideal. So is it perhaps more 
even more professionalism off the field and on the training field as well as hopefully that will lead to on the field results? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a shift uh, in culture in the club where there is more accountability on behalf of the players. So it's not simply a matter of signing a professional contract. You, you know, signing a professional contract is the start of your career, not the pinnacle of your career. And we really wanted to change the ethos around the way um, the players are working in the club, um, the expectations of them, but also the fact that, that um, there has to be more accountability in terms of performance. We also think that uh, last year we you know, we spent the most we've ever spent uh, on the team. Uh, it, was, it was the most expensive squad the Phoenix has ever assembled and we, we never realised its full potential. So uh, one of the tasks for Dario and Rado is to, is to realise the potential that we think is there. Have you set him targets, them targets in any way? We haven't set them targets, but they, um, both of them are hungry for success and uh, in all our discussions they've only talked about winning trophies. It's not simply a matter of, of making playoffs, it's about winning and it is about the performance. So um, we didn't have to set those targets, they were setting those for themselves. Obviously we've talked to them a lot about building on the foundations that we've put in place and part of that is the player pathways and building professional player pathways so that when the young uh, guys are coming through our academy structure and the reserve team, by the time they hit the first team they have to be ready for first team football and, and we think we need to do a lot more work in that area. Um, it hasn't been as good as what we would like, so there, there's certainly some targets there for them. Phoenix Chairman Rob Morrison. And that's Extra Time for this week. I'm Barry Guy. Bye for now. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.